very common uh, chant. They like to say it goes something like J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Garrett Wilson, wow, what a catch. Touchdown, Jets. That kid's amazing. There is no way. Hey, it's a part of the script. Do it again. Listen, we love you. We want it as badly as you do. We care about it as badly as you do. We're as pissed, as pissed as you are. But we're asking you, I'm asking you, stick with us, to believe in us, to start manifesting positive things, not thinking about what could go wrong oh, yeah. in 2024, and just trust. Super Bowl week is upon us, and just like usual, the Jets are not playing in the Super Bowl, but maybe sometime in this life they will be. It's Jake and Lorenzo on the Jets Way podcast, and joining us tonight a very special edition of the Jetsway podcast. We will be joined by the one and only Sack, Sack Exchange from the Jet Lounge. We had a little bit of a run-in when uh, when over the weekend Sack said that we were celebrating the victories over the Commanders and the Patriots. I think he was a little confused with some other platforms, and it was all good fun. And, uh, you know, talk to Sack, and he'll be joining the program. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll break it all down here. But first, Lorenzo, how you doing, bro? I'm doing well, man. Can't complain. Um, I, in your in your open open statement, you know, you you said the the Jets will hopefully get to the Super Bowl one day. I think uh, I think I agree with that, and hopefully it's soon. But um, other than that, man, I'm doing well. Sometime before we we kick it, right? Hopefully, man. <laughs> hopefully, one can only hope. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know, man. I really don't. I I I think the Jets. If you look at all the teams in New York right now. The Knicks have the best chance out of anybody. I guess maybe the Yankees do. I'd say probably the Yankees. I'd probably I'd say probably the Yankees, but at and least in this current day, Knicks. probably the Knicks. But you know, I'm not. I don't want to jinx my team, so I'm not going to say them. I don't know, man. I look as a sports fan. If that Nets team did not get to the finals, then I, there's no such thing as a sure lock because okay. I, I've never been more confident in my life that I would get to see my team win a championship other than that one. Like even when the Yankees spent half a billion dollars on players, like I was like, I was certain that that team was at least going to make the finals and they didn't even make it to the conference finals. It was by a toenail, but, and some other factors were into it, but the jets, man, I don't know. It's like, dude, look at the people of Detroit. I mean, we talked about it last podcast, right? Like imagine if that were us. Yeah, man. And it's, it also for me too. It's like, at least Detroit, like, granted, they weren't even supposed to be here this year, at least in my opinion. But, like, they have room to grow and, like, they have building blocks. I guess so did the Jets as well. But it's like we're really bank. We're, we're hoping and banking on a lot. And we're banking on a 40-year-old quarterback coming off an Achilles injury. Um, the Lions have a, a pretty solid offensive line. We don't. <laughs> um, and they have weapons and they and they they utilize their draft picks in these past couple of years from the from the Stafford trade and, and really got some some great players. Um we just have to do the same, um, at least this upcoming draft and um and free agency to 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 get to that point. I, I just uh, look at how the Lions drafted too. You got Gibbs, right? St. Brown, uh Panay Sewell, Laporta. Like, dude, those are four absolute monsters on the offensive side of the ball. Like, you know, what's, you know what's crazy about that? And um, like at the at the time, like those picks weren't necessarily celebrated. I remember, I, I think Laporta was the first tight end taken off the board, and like people were like, "Well, you know, why didn't they take um 
Mayer who went to the Raiders and you know like Laporta was Laporta was second, King was second? Okay. went number one. God, okay, that makes sense. But they were oh like why did they take Mayer or like even even taking the running back at twelve I think Gibbs went like people weren't, weren't necessarily loving those picks at the time but like look how that look how it panned out. All right, so uh, Jake and Lorenzo here uh, being joined by Sack aka Steve from the Jet Lounge. First of all, Steve, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Um, you know, I I think you're a lot like us where. You know, we we don't really we're not fanboys, right? Like we don't do this whole green goggles thing. Uh, we're miserable. I mean, we're we're younger Jet fans. You've obviously seen a lot more than us, and we haven't seen anything from this team outside of two great years by Rex Ryan going to the AFC Championship game. It's been nothing but losing, and it's not just losing. It's being the constant embarrassment of the entire league. So, you know, th- thanks for joining us tonight and sharing that perspective. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You kind of made waves this weekend, Zach. I don't, I don't know if you know that. I'm, I'm sure you do with the whole Robert Sala 50-50 report. Can you just, you know, go into that? And uh, is that at all still a possibility, do you think? Or what, what's going on with that? Well, yeah, I, I could see I made waves. I, I think for whatever reason, when I post something, it is a very passionate response. I'll just leave it at that, right? <laughs> on both sides, right? So... We've done a lot of player. I'll just preface it with this: we we've done a lot of player functions. We've had Westoff in. We've had uh, we had West Westoff in. We've had uh, we did the Rocket event. Dustin talked to Conklin's agent. We're very good friends with Tony Richardson. I mean, he's like a friend friend. Where we'll go to dinner, and when he gets back from the Super Bowl, we'll do it again. Um, and, and countless other folks. So we, we hear things, you know, we, we hung out with Braylon, but these are not the sources, but there was one person in particular that I know personally. Um, and Kenny, Kenny has even more connections, you, you know? So, um, all I can say is that we, we have sources here and there. I can't even say sources cause we're not journalists. I just say that some people that we talk to that are very close you know, to that situation down there. We'll leave it at that. And I was talking to this person casually and I was basically saying like, look, this this, this guy, this guy needs to go. I mean, rip the bandaid off now. I mean, what, what's going to change? Oh, you get, you get uh, Rogers and then he wins 10 games. So does that mean he's a great coach now all of a sudden? Or, you know, or did uh, Rogers save him? Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big fan. I, I was when we hired him like everybody else, but it's soured. So this person told me that. He's like, I can tell you one thing. Him being safe is not not completely true. It, it was until that whole story got released. I mean, that story got released by Rossini and, and uh, Rosenblatt. It did a lot of damage. It made people reevaluate the situation. So I said, what, do you think he's getting fired? And the person told me, I w- he's like, I won't go that far, but I would say it's like a 50-50 chance. He's like, that that could happen simply simply to the fact that they're not happy over there. I mean, they, they, I mean, they didn't even say wish him a happy birthday. And I don't, you know, that's a conspiracy theory, but, and, and maybe they forgot to. I don't know. All I know is that I, I know for certain that they're not happy at all. And it has nothing to do with, I mean, part of it's the record, obviously, but it has to do with other answers. So it, it could be, a, it could still be a possibility. 
saying it's going to, and this is what Twitter does. Twitter will take something that you will say and turn it into something completely, it's like the game of telephone. I don't know, you guys are young guys, but when we were kids, there was a game of telephone you played. I tell you something, you tell your buddy something, by the 15th person, they, they, they tell the teacher what you said originally and the story has changed by then. So that's what it is. Amen. Uh, I, I just, it's not, it's not as slam dunk as possible. And you've got folks saying stuff that's just stupid stuff. I mean, like, first of all, they're saying, oh, you know, they wouldn't do it. All the good head coaches are already taken. What, what head coach would you want outside of Harbor? Who else was this amazing head coach that's like, wow, we, we would, look, Vrabel's still around. Uh, Vrabel's still around. Belichick with Sal never happened, but he's still around. Uh, Slowick from Houston's still around. Uh, 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 um, Johnson from the, from, the, from the Lions is still around. There's, there's still folks around. So I, I, I don't know. All I know is that it's not 100%. But I don't think, I think if it's not done within like a week or two after the Super Bowl, then, then he's just going to study. And Sag, I really, you know, definitely appreciate your insight there. I wanted to know, like, obviously people aren't happy with, with, with inside the building. Um, but when that report or the article um, came out, Rex Hogan was then, I guess they mutually parted ways shortly after that, or that's when it was reported. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that and, and the whole article in itself? Well, I, I tweeted a, a, a big thing about calling out Rossini and, Rosabai, I think it was a hit. It was a hit piece. Oh, 100%. They, yeah, they, they're not happy with, first of all, they're not happy. Rossini's still probably sour over Rogers, not even acknowledging who the hell she was. But she has a big ego. And then you have Rosenblatt, who's always had it in for Rogers and, 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 and Woody and stuff like that. And I'll have to tell you something. You know, uh, you know, again, we're not fanboys, right? So you can speak the truth. A lot of it has to do with politics. Rogers and Woody. You know how many people you see write, oh, uh, sell the team, you Trump supporter? Because he worked for Woody. Woody worked for Trump, you know, as UK ambassador, right? And then Rossini, and then Rosenblatt with Rogers, and, 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 and you know, with the vaccines. So that all plays a part in all this stuff. So they, 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 they definitely got it out for, for them, and they, they released it on the guy's birthday. I mean, you think that happens by accident? No, but 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 I, look, I do think though the article was pretty well sourced. I, I think they are that incompetent and that dysfunctional. And back back to your point before about you know with the coaches being available, sack. I'm sorry, but you can the, Robert Sala is the worst head coach in the last 20 years, pretty much outside of Hugh Jackson. I can't think of somebody worse than him. Even Gase was probably a better head coach than Sala. It's that bad. He's got more double double digit losses than wins, and. You know, he called this team an expansion level roster when he came here, and he's won seven games ever since. The same record as that that seven win team with Adam Gase the first year. So, you know, I, I hear, I definitely hear what you're saying, but my God, it's it, 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 he's that bad. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. It's and and I put it in my post. Is there some sense of truth to it? Obviously, yeah, there definitely is some truth to it. I just think the timing, the optics are bad. I think. I think, you know, possibly could have been more embellished because, you know, this is what journalism is at right now. So I, I, I think that plays into it too. But do I think there's a, a sense of truth to it? Sure. Yeah, I'm sure there is. As for taking the coach's cell phones, who knows if that happened? 
Someone could have said that. You know, you think she said that they they said they had thirty different resources, uh, sources, thirty. So you think about it, a couple of Zach Wilson's family, a couple Elijah Moore, a couple other ex players, and and there's your sources. So I, there's definitely a divide in that building. It, it felt very no, like you know sure. front office hands are clean here in this scenario. But it's funny about the Rex Hogan thing. We did a jet lounge the night before he got. Uh, well, I say fine, but mutually parted ways. But when you say mutually parted ways, it's just a nice way of saying we, we don't want you to work here anymore. Right. And uh, basically, what he, I was I went on a 15-minute rant. Even Kenny was texting me. He was like, well, uh, bro, what's going on? I said, because I, got, I was getting so angry on there. And I'm just like, look, Hogan, Jaime, all, it's never going to change unless those top guys are, are gone. These guys. It starts at the top. Woody's not selling the team. Who's below him? You need to hire a president of football operations that that is a football guy. I mean, not that Hogan's not a football guy, but someone other than these guys need to get in there. And just like Leon Hester back in the day, he said, "I'm just a I'm just a guy pushing the shopping cart." And and uh, you know, and Parcells will be buying all the groceries. And Parcells pretty ran the organization, and they almost made it to a Super Bowl. A year later, this something needs to change it. And then the next day, Hogan's gone. Not saying that you know <laughs> I had anything. I'm just saying it was so weird that that happened. I said, Kenny, you see that? He goes, I know. You went on that tear. I'm just saying, it's like you need to get people in there that know what the f they're doing. Like Ron Wolf back in the day. If Rogers leaves after next year, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. You, you'll see a complete, you know, a complete overhaul of the, the front office. And uh, you also see, you know, there's going to be a lot. Look, we got rookies that are stars. We're going to have to sign them. They, they might not even want to be here. Garrett, he's another guy. They're not used to losing. They, they come from, you know, Ohio State and, and Alabama and, and all these people. They're used to winning. They, they're not used to this 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 losing stuff and 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 younger younger players especially are, are not going to want to sit around for losing they 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 want to be involved in you know you get you get a guy like Dan Marino or one of those old school guys they'll be on a team for the, most of their career like like Pat Ewan for most of their career and never get to a championship and they finish their career with the team even though they're not looking to move teams nowadays you're not winning people are looking the bolt I don't blame him. I fully agree with you. I, I think this team won't be good until Woody sells the team. I think a lot of Jeff fans will agree with that because, and I was telling Jake this last week, you know, how many head coaching cycles or how many quote unquote rebuilds have we gone through in the past couple of years? We, we've gone through defensive coaches, you know, offensive coaches. Like it, it, at the end of the day, there's one common denominator and that's Woody Johnson. And I, I don't think, we're going to be truly successful until he sells the team. That's just my opinion, but um, I don't see that happening in the near future. Um, one thing I will say is that I feel like a lot of guys or some guys might want to see Jeff Ulbrich as a head coach. Do, do you see that as a possibility? Like, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, I would see that as a possibility if they surprised us all and they did let go of Salah and they gave, you know, they gave Jeff the job for this year. 
And you, you can see that that is a possible if they don't like any of the candidates out there or they, or they can't get any of them and they really just want to rid themselves of Salah, it would be this year as an interim. And then if, you know, if they play well, you know, We'll see. You know, consideration for getting a job. I, I, I don't want him. I listen. I want to. I want an offensive-minded head coach for once. I, I mean, we did have Gates, but that's he was an offensive-minded. We chose the worst one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was a failed yeah. head coach. Like, and it's not even like he went to go be a coordinator anywhere. We just couldn't wait to hire him after he didn't get the job done in Miami, in, in typical Jet fashion. You know what? I would love the Jets to do. I would love the Jets to. Go after the guy from Detroit, uh, Johnson, or, or Slowick, either one of those guys. And then next year or later on in this draft, maybe the fourth round or something, grab a quarterback or a quarterback next year. In, in, in the you know, if we're if we're playing well, then the late first round, second round, whatever. Just and have that guy, you know, that guy operate and, and, and develop the new quarterback. One of those young offensive-minded guys. With, that look what they, you know, Stroud has a lot of talent. The head, you know, the offensive coordinator, Slowick has a lot to do with it. I, I, something like that for long-term success. It, look, it feels like me with the Jets, we're always trying to take a shortcut to success. The Fob thing, Rogers thing now, it's like a shortcut to get where you need to go. But what would happen if, if say we get to the wild card? We'll all be thrilled because we haven't been in the playoffs forever. But what happens? And then he, we don't get there and say he's like, okay, I gave you the two years, I'm out. Who's the quarterback? Ain't Zach Wilson. We know that. He'll probably be traded sometime after the Super Bowl. But who's it going to be? It'll be nobody. And I don't know if you want to get into that, but I can say quickly that I don't know if the team just gave up, but I've seen a couple, more than a couple games this year with the defense. I, I could point you to the commander game guys the commander game the commander game we're destroying a, a horrible quarterback in how horrible he's terrible he was probably he's rated one of the worst and this guy you know in the beginning of the season my brother was like oh this guy's pretty good and he was but he wasn't good we bullied him around they put in jacoby Brissett in the second half and we almost lost that game you see the guy was lighting us up then you take a guy like joe flacco who everybody abused this Jeff fans. We were making fun of him, cement legs. This guy needs to go. A lot of memes out there with Joe Flacco, and he kicked our teeth in with, without Amari. I mean, that, that was a big point that I was making to people, Sack. I mean, the people, when I asked them, why are you so positive about the team this year? They, they, the number one thing they say to me is, oh, we have this great defense. I would argue with you that teams did not play us aggressively enough to where it, the defense could have been exposed because look if you get to 21 points against this team the game's over you just run out the clock in the second half and don't make any mistakes and throw the game away like josh allen did to us then you're home free just don't hand the game over to us and you'll be fine and also people say oh well they won seven games this year without rogers i mean that's sack you know that that's crap man I mean, the first game of the year, Josh Allen threw away. The giant game, if Gano makes the field goal, the game is over. Jake Elliott missed a field goal inside 40 yards. That would have made it a touchdown game. And Lord knows we weren't scoring touchdowns at that point. And then we had the two bogus wins at the end of the year against the Commanders and the Patriots. Like, like not all wins are created equal. And with this coaching staff coming back here next year, I'm sorry, but there's no reason for me, and I, I'm sure I know how you feel, 
for to believe that this team could win anything big next year. It's a very, like you said, it's a scary time, man. Like, I don't know. Tell me otherwise. Like why, tell me why this team could win big next year. There's two sides to that coin, right? So I agree completely with your side, but the other side, what people will say is if the Jets scored the league average of points, they would have an additional three or four wins. So they was, they, they, claim that then we would have like 10 or 11 wins if there were more points put on the board. When I say about the defense letting up, they'll say, well, that's because they were on the field all the time, which is partially true. They were on the field all the time because the offense sucked. So do they, would they have a shot to do something big next year? I, I, if, if Rodgers is healthy and the, line, the, the offensive line is fixed, and he's got time to throw the ball, and they add a second wide receiver, and the running game with Brees Hall, and the defense is not on the field all the time, I think they have a, a shot. I, I, yeah, I think that they would have a shot to do something special next year. That's I, I, how I feel. But I'm looking past next year. I'm looking what, what, what transpires when, when, you know, uh, when, when Rodgers is gone. And then it's just Again, searching through the desert for a quarterback. It, it, it's, this is why they need to plan ahead of time. But, yeah, I think, no. I mean, listen, I agree with your, all, all what you said. I, I'm kind of like in the middle of that. But I could see the – if I wanted to be the positive guy, I could see that, okay, if the line's fixed and Rodgers is healthy throughout the year and they score even a touchdown more than they've been scoring averaging this year, they, they have a lot of opportunities to win some games. But I also agree with you. A lot of these wins were bogus. We should be picking in the top five, to be honest. But yeah. it's, it's our luck that that's not, that didn't happen. you know. And then you got folks that were celebrating these wins at the end of the year. Like, like <laughs> you know the harm, the harm that it's going to do? This instant gratification. It's like, would you rather have one cookie now or – a whole pie later. And the people that just want the cookie now, uh, you know, they got excited about, about, you know, and that's an analogy. It's like instant gratification. Yes, we beat the Redskins and then they'll abuse you. Well, they'll attempt to abuse you and be like, well, you're not a fan. You're real fans root for wins and this and that. Uh, okay. When it, when there's nothing on the line, it's meaningless. I'm, I'm looking at draft position because I'm looking already at the prospects that can help the team. That's how I feel. Yeah, when you said that to us, I was like, oh, we got to set the record straight. We got to get on here and talk some football because we were far from happy about winning those games. Let me tell you. It's insanity. It's insanity. You got to, oh, I want to beat Belichick. Belichick's been, been destroying us, abusing us for years on end. Beating him with no quarterback in a blizzard. Uh, yeah, I don't really think. Uh, they, you know, I, I don't really see how that 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 just erased, you know, over a decade worth of Super Bowls and winning their winning the division. If I'm a Patriot fan and a Jet fan would come up to me and be like, "Yeah, we beat you at the end of the year," I would be like, "Okay," and I would show my fucking fingers. Like, like wh- what are we talking about here? Oh, you beat them in a meaningless game. But well, how about the last decade and a half of us abusing you? Like if that if if that's how you know it's like I don't know see how that 
and I told Justin, Justin, you know, I get, I, you know, Justin was happy about the win and all, and I respect him. He's my boy. I love him, but it's just like, I'm like, yeah, but how did that erase domination of us by this shitty? I, I can't stand the Patriots, but it's, it's like, how does that erase? You think Belichick's worried about losing that last game? His whole legacy is gone now. Doesn't care. Oh, we have a little bit of Jets breaking news, Zach, while we're on here. What's that? Not, not the Jet breaking news uh, that you're looking for, but Chad Alexander, the Jets' director of player personnel, is leaving to take a promotion as the Chargers' assistant general manager. Alexander will be a GM in short order, according to Connor Hughes. He's a rising star in the front office world, spent two decades with the Ravens before joining Douglas in New York. The two worked closely together. I mean, Zach, me and Lorenzo, we talk about this a lot together. Isn't it hysterical how all these people are so well-respected? Like Rex Hogan, when he got fired, he was well-respected throughout the entire league. What what the hell is he well-respected for? I mean, everywhere he's been, it's been horrible for the most part. I mean, I get it. He was a scout. I mean, but but with the Jets the first time and then with the Bears and then with the Jets again, he was terrible. Uh, is the dominoes beginning to fall? There, it's the everybody's jumping off the sinking Titanic. It seems like, yeah, a promotion with mutual parting ways. But you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. You see these people leaving; they will He won't be the last one. I wish the guy well. I just don't know about like, this whole well-respected stuff. It, it didn't equate to anything. This team's a, a, a freaking. A shit we've, show. We've been losing for 13 years. <laughs> How well-respected can you be? Yeah, well-respected. <laughs> and we never fire anyone. Remember Mike LaFleur last year? It was mutually part. We never actually fire someone. It's always a mutually of parting of ways. It's it's hysterical. You think about how clueless that was. Now think about that. And and, and Douglas has a hand in it. You let, you, let, you let him pick his coaches. That's okay because we lost out on some good coaches. That because we wouldn't let them pick their staff, which was ridiculous, you know, years ago. So you let this guy pick his coaches, and he picked his best friend's little brother, who wasn't an offensive coordinator in 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 um, San Francisco. He shared that with McDaniel. It was like passing game coordinator. It was like they were sharing it. It was like a shared role. So instead of taking McDaniel, you take your ba- your, your your best friend's brother. So now you have a rookie offensive coordinator trying to develop a rookie a rookie quarterback with a rookie head coach and it's like the blind leading the blind that wasn't gonna work i said it back then i I, and i was i was very into taking zach wilson and i was sold on wilson like not i was sold on the draft pick i was like i wanted anybody but donald at that time but you know what in hindsight i gotta say the people that wanted donald they were right i was wrong and, you know, and that's the thing about Twitter. No one owns up to anything, but I can own up, and this is being recorded. I was wrong. If the 49ers gave a boatload of picks to San Francisco to move in back of us, what would they have given us to move up to the number two spot? And they most certainly would have took Zach Wilson, and then he would have been that problem. Or he would have been a superstar with, with, with their head coach. Can't make it up, guys. Unreal. Unreal indeed. I mean, I'm not a fan of Sam Donald. If you're gonna give me a boatload of picks, you know. Look what they got. Look what they got. The Dolphins got. So if you give me a boatload of picks now, I mean that's hindsight. But maybe that would have been the right move. I don't know. I, again, you hire the wrong people. I'm not sold on Douglas anymore either. You know what's funny too is that like 
you know, obviously the fans celebrating picks, um, they're not really interested in the, in the draft or the draft position. But like, if you look over the years, like we probably could have had Bosa, we could have had Trevor Lawrence, even this year, if we lost the commanders in the last week, we could have, you know, we could have been in, in, in position to potentially draft Marvin Harrison, who, you know, as we know, we need wide receiver help in, in the worst way. So that's just kind of, kind of where I'm at with it. You know, obviously I, I want my team to win, but I want us to win in the long haul, long haul as well. So that's where I'm at with it. Could you, but, um, yeah. could you imagine Marvin Harrison Jr. and Garrett Wilson paired up or, or neighbors and, and Garrett Wilson paired up? You're going to forget about that win yep. very quickly. That win, you know, and then the people say these silly things. They say, oh, it teaches the young guys how to win. No, it does not. Oh, it builds momentum for next year. Uh, it doesn't either. Nobody no. in, in July in camp is going to be like in camp and these guys are like, yeah, bro, you know what? We're struggling right now in practice, but you remember that commander win? We learned <laughs> a lot from it. No, you're so right. <laughs> It's so silly, the shit, and I can't. Sometimes I can't even believe what comes. What, what I think is I'm being trolled because it's so off, you know. And 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 uh, let me go on record as saying because you know you got a lot of shit with people like name your source or or how do you know you don't know shit you don't have any sources for. Let me tell you something. The same guy that told me this was the same guy that told me a day before Elijah Moore got traded that he's gone. And then when Elijah Moore tweeted his tweet out, which was not had nothing to do with him being gone, but it was just some weird tweet about God and whatnot, I tweeted him and I, I and I put up the receipts up there, but nobody responded to him. Of course, I said, you know, I said something to the fact like Elijah, you know, we make plans and God laughs at them, but you have the, your whole life ahead of you. You'll be missed. When I wrote that. You go look at the screenshots in that tweet when people are like, get your head checked. He ain't going anywhere. People are saying, what? What do you mean? Shit like that. And up until 15 minutes before he got traded, a couple of guys were like, Zach, you're really losing it. Or a whole bunch of nasty shit. Nasty shit. Toxic fucking shit about you're an asshole. You know, all this type of stuff. And then he gets traded. And then guess what happens? Nobody responds. Nobody says, you know what, I was wrong. I can't believe you called that. So it, it was that, and it's a couple other ones. So that's just to be on record that we're not pulling this out of our ass. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest arguments that I get in nowadays is everyone telling me, well, you know, we could still get a stud at number 10. Like uh, people call me a bad fan and whatnot. I just laugh. I don't really get into it too much, but. Everyone now everyone's telling me how Fawaga is going to be this beast and how it was worth winning those last two games. And I'm out of my mind for wanting Brock Bowers at, at number 10 if we can't get Joe Walter for Shano. And, you know, I mean, how do you feel about that? We've talked about Bowers before. I mean, God forbid wow. we have a playmaking tight end here, right? Like, can you imagine Brock Bowers in this offense? I think everybody on Twitter has already got sick and tired of me with Bowers. <clears throat> I don't know if you, excuse me, I don't know if you've been following my account where. I'm tweeting about Bowers, maybe not every day, but a lot. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> a lot. So, so here's the thing with Brock Bowers. All right, here are their arguments. Guys like Laporta, Kincaid, you know. Uh, the, okay, hold on. The first thing they bring up is 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 the is uh, what's his name in um, in Atlanta? 
Kyle Pitts. Yeah. So they bring up Pitts and they say, oh, well, look at him. He's a, a bust and he was got picked in the first round. You can get a good tight end in the second, third round, right? And then I bring up what Arthur Smith completely sucked. And if you talk to Falcon fans like I do, some Falcon fans will be like, he turned he turned B.J. Robinson into J.D. McKissick, and 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 he wasn't using freaking Pitts right. So the jury's still out on Pitts. And as for Laporta, Kincaid, and all these guys, they're like none of them went in the top ten. Where does it really matter? One guy goes, look at Hawkinson. He was in the first round, but he got traded from the he got traded, um, he got traded, and he got traded for like a second round pick or whatever they were saying. So it's like, it, it's just stupid talk. Brock Bowers is one-on-one. One-on-one. He helps with the run game. He's a good run blocker. He's a very good pass blocker. He's extremely fast. As a couple of GMs said, he's not a tight end. He's a weapon. And I trust Aaron Rodgers to find this guy over the middle and stretch the field. I, I agree with you. I, what? Who's for Wagner all of a sudden? This is my point. Nobody was talking about this guy Fawaga at all. The moment that we got locked in at number 10, the people that were dead set on offensive line all of a sudden had to pivot. That's exactly what happened. Listen, I, a lot of people like me because I told the fucking truth, and, I, and, and I'm very vocal about it, and I call people out when they're being silly. And then there's people that hate it because they don't like to hear the truth. But the truth is nobody was talking about Fawaga. And the moment we got number 10, the people that were dead set on Fashamu and uh, Alt, they had to pivot and they had to find someone else to, to justify an offensive lineman. And they found Fuaga, who is a guard, right tackle. He ain't going to protect the blind side of Aaron Rodgers. And also, even if you moved him to left tackle, I can tell you right now, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be completely comfortable having a rookie protect his blind side. So that's a that's a shit pick, and it's a it's a shit pick if they do it. And that idea is stupid. All, all I'll say is this: if you were to tell me you could move down to nineteen, twenty, somebody that's in love with Penix or one of these guys, and you want to come up and you'll give us your second round and maybe a, a third, a second and a third, or a second and a fourth to move up, I'm not great with the point chop, but I'm just saying, if you can recoup that second round pick then I'd be all for at number 19. You could go take yourself a Fulaga, and then, and then we could take a guy like Roman Wilson in the second round and, and, and fix the wide receiver and get a guy like that. If that's what you want to do, no problem. But at number 10, he ain't worth the top 10 pick. And the moment that you start reaching these for these people from need, that's where you get into a lot of, a lot of trouble. Listen, man, they got to take best player available, <laughs> in my yeah. honest opinion. I, I don't even know if... I mean, in, in ter- obviously, you know, in terms of position of need, I don't, I just don't think Bowers is making it to ten. I oh. hope he does, <laughs> but I think he's, I think he's too good to 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 fall out of the top ten. And honestly, I can, I can see the Chargers going and grabbing him. Who knows? But um, that's just an early indication, at least for me. But uh, we, we, we definitely need to, need to protect um Aaron Rodgers. So two tackles need to be drafted. Or I, I can see Fashanu making it to ten. Yeah. You might. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, if Harbaugh takes about, if we're on the clock, I mean, when the charges are on the clock, we sit there and, 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 and my balls are in my throat. 
because I, I, if he makes it past the charges, he's making it hard. So if Harbaugh, if Harbaugh takes him, if Harbaugh takes him, and Fashamu is there at ten, I'm, I'm all aboard. Yep. See, I'm not against the offensive line. I'm, I'm, I'm against the guy that has now hyped up so much that they want to push him into the top ten pick. They almost took Maya. They wanted Maya. They took McDonald. They were all in about uh, Michael Ma- uh, Maya from from the Raiders. They were. So if they were so happy with Rucker and they were so happy with Conklin, who all of a sudden people are in love with Conklin all of a sudden, I have no idea, and 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 in our tight end room, why would they be thinking about Maya? It's a great point. That's a great point. And, you know, just it depends a lot about free agency too. I I was curious to hear your thoughts on that because a lot of people like Calvin Ridley. I'm sure David Bakhtiari is going to be a free agent. There's the guy, Michael O from the uh, Patriots, that's a free agent, Trent Brown. How, how do you think the money is going to be spent in the offseason? Well, it'll be telling then, right? So if you go out and sign, if you see Douglas land the guy, first of all, not everybody wants to play on the Jets, and we still got to compete with other teams, especially winning teams. So, yeah. you know, what, what's going to happen then, right? They're going to go after wide receivers and offensive linemen. So if they land one of the big fish, you know, or, or, or help at the offensive line, then they can focus on best play available in the draft and then draft another offensive lineman later on. If they grab a guy like Calvin Ridley or a guy like T. Higgins or someone like that, now that position's filled. And at 10, you could see them maybe go for a guy like Fawaga or another Fashamu if he's there. So up, free agency is going to tell us the story. And I, I like to remind everybody another thing. I I had a human. We had a huge draft party. I mean, most of anybody you know that was on Twitter at that time was at this draft party. It was really about 125 folks, and and I mean, huge for a bar that only could fit 100, and they let us add an extra 25 in there. We we this was the draft with Sauce Gardner. We did jet lounges almost every day. At that time, we had 12 guys in the team, and we had a show almost every day, but everybody had a different show. So PD had his own show. Uh, Justin and Benny had a morning show. And all we were talking about is draft, to nausea, right? Everybody to a T, most in the lounge was saying, we need Iki Iquanu. We need to build the wall. We need an offensive lineman. Blase, blase. Some that didn't want Iki wanted uh didn't want icky they wanted cave on thibodeau because that was another position of need we need a defensive end very few said sauce there are a couple that i can say on record that were all over sauce but most wanted either those two guys so the jets who needed to build this wall every fan needed an offensive lineman right what do they do they take sauce okay but at 10 we could grab an offensive lineman no he took Garrett Wilson. Well, we just trade back into the first one. Maybe we'll get a tackle or a guard. We need to build the wall. And no, it was Johnson. All right. In the second round, we're going to do it because we got a a pick in the top of the second round. And we, and I, and I'm writing on Twitter. I said, we need, let's get an explosive running back. Sack, you're, you're, you're really an idiot to tell you the truth. Uh, Why am I an idiot? Oh, because Bro, we have Michael Carter. We have Ty Johnson. <laughs> so they said to me a million freaking, and I have to tweet. I can post them at any time. How am I I'm such an effing idiot that I want a running back because, because um, 
uh, and I wanted Cook or Brees Hall, either one, on record, either Brees Hall or Cook. And what, what, what transpires there, I'm an idiot because we have Ty Johnson, we have Michael Carter, running back is not a position of need, running back value, you, you get good running backs in the third and fourth round, we need an offensive lineman. And what did Joe Douglas do? He took a running back in Brees Hall. Everybody lost their shit when that happened. And now everybody's rocking his jersey and screaming brief at the games. These people will flip on a dime. And, and, and that's what they did. They just flip on a dime. It, you know, and, and again, people don't like being called out. It wasn't everybody. I've seen people celebrate about the brief whole pick. But for the most part, people will, will flip. They, they, you know, they don't. That's why they're not GMs. That's why I'm not a GM either. That's why we're all not GMs. Like certain GMs see certain things. And that was probably one of the best drafts we've had. Yeah, the Will McDonald people really flipped on Will McDonald too, right? <laughs> like nobody ever heard we like we talked about draft last year at Nauseam. I'm sure you did in spaces and amongst, you know, with whoever. Nobody talked about this Will McDonald guy last year, right? But the Green Goggles fans out there just completely flipped. As soon as we picked him. It was like, oh, this guy, the wide nine, and when the Jets get these big leads, he's going to close games, right? I don't know. Did you talk about Will McDonald at all? The Ben, the Ben. Oh, Oh, let let me say, let's think about, yeah, this this is a great show because you're bringing up all the good points here, and you're bringing up all the good subjects. Will McDonald. Okay, let's take a look at that. We had in the second draft party. It wasn't as big as the first one, but we had had a a good crowd. When Will, everybody, I, I went on camera, uh, just my cell phone, and I went to each person at the draft. Um, I couldn't get to everybody, but some of them. I said, who do you want? And they're like, Jason, who do you want? Jason, who do you want? And for the majority, it was Jason. Not one single person said Will McDonald. And when he got picked, nobody knew who the F he was. Then they were ripping the Jets. Uh, not Kaipa, the other gentleman, were ripping the Jets saying, like, this is a guy that we have penciled for the second round. Probably could have got him in the second round. We take this guy, Will McDonald, because Joe Douglas got cold feet. He got he got bamboozled by Belichick. They didn't get Broderick Jones because of that thing with the Patriots screwed us. So he had to pivot and probably couldn't find a trade, trade partner quick enough. You know, or I mean, just because you have two picks or something before you pick doesn't give you enough time. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. So you pick Will McDonald. <clears throat> and you're right. Everybody was like, this guy is amazing. He, he jumps cars. He's athletic. Watch. He couldn't even get on the field. Out of all the rookies this year, he had the lowest utilization of any of the rookies in the first round. And then people were like, yeah, because he was behind. He's a rotational guy. We, you know how we run a uh, we run our defense, rotational. He's behind guys, you know, that, that like Jermaine Johnson and so on and so forth. So it's like, oh, um, so that's why he couldn't get on the field. Okay, we'll see. Will McDonald better be like, you know, Reggie White for this to, to, to pan out because that, that was a desperation pick. Not only that, people don't recognize that, you know, he's an older player. No, he wasn't. He wasn't nineteen getting drafted. Especially with Bryce Huff what, walking what, out the door potentially. Yeah, so now he'll 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 get he'll get some burns, and we'll we'll see what he does. I listen to Jet fans. We hope we're wrong, but the fact that people started saying that 
you know, what you don't know what you're talking about. This is why you're not in, in, in any organization. Well, Will McDonald's a beast. You, you've seen that one play where he wrapped around, <laughs> he's got great bends. People love to use these teams. Another thing, people love to use terms they hear on ESPN, on scouts, about the bend. It's got good bend. I watched the tapes. Everybody's a scout now on YouTube. So they'll look and be like, oh, he's got great bends. When I talk about Bowers, I don't get in depth like that. I just say, look, he's good at pass blocking. He's got elite hands. And he's, you know, he's six foot four, 250 pounds, and he runs a four five. That's the guy I want. Sack, he was so, a three time All American in the SEC. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't want that guy. Of course not. But no. I can guarantee you one thing if we draft him, what if we draft him and he's fucking making one hand catches and burning people in camp, you'll start seeing Bowers jerseys all over the damn place and you'll hear the chance. And you'll be like, okay, it's okay to get on board now, but stand behind what you say. I, bro, guys, guys. I could see this happening. We're Jet fans. We know. Doesn't matter if you root for the ten, team for five years or 50 years. This is what would happen. We draft Uaga, and in camp, you're going to get stories from Rich Samini and these guys like Uaga had a decent day. He struggled against the ones. You know, he got beat by Jermaine Johnson four times and, and, and blah, blah, blah. But uh, he is improving. That's what you'll hear. And then you'll go open up the San Diego tram, uh, the San Diego, the LA, the LA Times, and you'll see, hear about Bowers, where they'll be talking about like Harbaugh's in love with this guy. He's flashing potential superstar. This is what you'll hear because this is this is us. Yeah, that's me every single year with this franchise. They they never draft who I want to draft. It's crazy. Like every like even last year, I I desperately wanted a receiver or uh, Jack or uh, Michael Mayer, who you talked about earlier at ten. Or what were we, 15 yeah. last year? I forget what it was. Like, yeah. no, Sack, we've been drafting defense forever. It's ridiculous. I mean, I get it. Sauce is a great player. Jermaine Johnson's come along. But now, moving forward, it's like this is an offensive league, and our fan base just doesn't really grasp the concept of that the league is built on offense with offensive coaches, offensive player drafts. Like, it's all predicated on offense, and we just never seem to get that concept. It's It's maddening, really. Because you, it's not the ground and pound days. You you can't win in this league anymore. You know I'm gonna hold that team to ten points and I'm gonna win. It's not like that anymore. It's just not. This whole you, you got to put up points. The league has created rules to create more points. This all these these new penalties are all to generate more points. Nobody wants to see a seven three game anymore, and that's the league recognizes that, and that's why the rules have changed to allow more points, and people want to see high-flying offenses. Look, everybody loves the long ball in baseball, right? Everybody loves the home run. Baseball put juice balls in at one year. The NBA, are you are you NBA fan? Lorenzo's he, he, <laughs> a big Knicks fan. I'm, I'm unfortunately a Nets fan. <laughs> so I'm a Knicks fan for a long, long time. It's, it's been misery for a long time. I don't have to tell you. Uh, your, uh, your your host. But here, here here's the funny thing. Even basketball has changed. Bro, now basketball is like chuck from three. Everything's a chuck from three. There's no defense. couple extra steps to every basket. It, look, I don't want to sound like a boomer because I'm not a boom, you know, boomer baby age. I'm, I'm in the middle, but 
basketball was different back then. Teams played defense. They, the league changed the rules around. There's no hand checking anymore. There's, they, they don't want defense. They want people. And you see every time, it's just a three-point contest now. And things have changed. I'm not saying for the worse or for the better, if you like it like that, but I'm just saying. So offense is a must. Like you said, getting back to the chest, offense is a must. You need to score points. And you need you need weapons on offense. And right now we have Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. A good start. You need more. Yeah, it's been the common theme. Uh, but before we go, Zach, I want to ask you, because I know you uh, you mentioned it over the summertime, uh, about the legacy jerseys. Do you think that they're still going to happen? And uh, just take us through that whole thing, because Lord knows we need a uniform change, because we've seen nothing but bad football in these heinous uniforms that Woody Johnson where Christopher Johnson so graciously gave us uh, at that modeling party five years ago. I'm going to take you through it because if you do it on Twitter, things get lost in translation. I gave an interview for uni watch. So I'm at the hall of fame. We went to Cleveland. It was me. It was cousin Kenny. It was uh, Justin and it was Joe Beningo. All four of us, we went in the same car. We drove out together. Uh, me and Justin stayed in one hotel. They were in a completely different hotel. So we had a good time. We go to the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony. Uh, a lot of people there for Zach Thomas. So a lot of seats in the front, like where the family sits. I mean, like five rows <clears throat> from the stage were open. So Justin decides to get up and, and move us down there. So now He's down there. We feel weird going there, but we're like, ah, fuck it. We'll, let's go. And we, we were there. So me and Beningo uh, are dying. I don't know if you guys went, but it was 100 degrees over there. And I felt like I was going to faint. I, so we both walked to get, get uh, some Gatorade. And we need to get back in. But there's, there's a guy there that, you know, when we went to get back in, he was looking at our wristbands. And he was like, no, oh, you <laughs> You're not over here. He's like, but you guys only, we're only, we still had great seats. We're only 15 rows back, but you're not here. You need to go in the second one, second uh, section, uh, but on the ground level. So me and Beningo, we walk around, we find another way to get in. We get in and boom, we see Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson right there. <clears throat> Beningo goes up to Woody Johnson and he says, and I quote, uh, Mr. Johnson, uh, Joe Beningo and Woody says to him, "Don't you don't need to call me Mr. Johnson. Woody's good. I know who you are. And he goes, ah. And then he's like, hey, Woody, you need to win. We got the quarterback <laughs> now. We got to And so Woody's like, I know. Well, we did everything we can to put a winner on the field and blah, blah, blah. blah. So as he's talking to Woody, I talk to Chris. And I'm thinking, what, what in the world are you going to say to this guy? And then I, I, I've been a... a I hate the, the new uniforms. I've hated them since they dropped. And I was like, well, you know, there's anything you don't know. I don't know if I'll ever see these people again and be able to talk to them. So I'm like, you got to bring up these. So as I'm like, hey, Chris, I'm like, <clears throat> I point, I'm, I'm wearing the old school Gastineau. Kind of looks like it's green legacy, I would say. You know, it looks like what the green legacy would look like if they if they did that and um i point to this guy next to me now jake asman's probably about 20 feet from us he can't hear the conversation but he sees us chatting it up with them so um 
I say to Chris, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I point to the New Jersey's to a guy next to me. I'm like, these, oh, they need to go, Chris. I'm like, these are not good. And he laughs and says, and I quote, he said, you know, I get a lot of, I get a lot of grief from those uniforms, but it wasn't me who, uh, who, it wasn't me who made that decision to use them. But people, for whatever reason, they give me grief. I was like, yeah, well, that's because you were in charge and Woody was, <clears throat> Woody was in the UK. So most fans think that since you were in charge, you're the one that gave us them. He's like, nope. And then all of a sudden, Woody hears this and defends his brother by saying, hey, he goes, hey, I'm the Lord of Uniform Update. And at that time, I didn't, re- I kind of knew what it meant. But then when, if you look at Woody's Twitter handle, he has it there. It says right in his profile that. So that's what he said. So I look at Woody, I'm like, listen, the five-year rule is up, guys. We can, I go, look at how much people love these. I point to mine, but then I point to um, this other guy who's wearing a Brees Hall legacy. These are gorgeous. I was like, these, these are no good. They don't represent us. They, they don't represent the Jets at all. At least this gives us some continuity, some, some, you know, some nostalgia. I mean, and they're beautiful. And he was like, we know, we know. And he goes, and we know about the five-year rule. I said, well, of course you do. And he laughed. And he said, don't worry. Don't worry. You're going to like them. I, 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 I said, and I kind of went to follow up with him and say, you know, like which ones or whatever. And then his security, Revis was just going on to get, to go on stage, to get inducted. And his security guy goes, all right, guys, listen, you could talk to them after everyone needs to sit down. So we all sat down. And what's funny, we sat in the, the row in front of Woody and Chris, because me and Joe did want to continue the conversation. And uh, once it was all up and we got up, them two were gone. I don't even know if they stayed the whole time, but they were, they were gone. They're probably on the helicopter heading back to just, like they were gone. But he said, you don't worry, you're going to like them. So like I told UniWatch and I said it on Twitter, did he say the legacies? He did not. But he said, you're going to like them as he already acknowledged that, A, these jerseys are no good. B, we're going to make a change this year. But he never confirmed the legacies were the ones that were going to be replacing these. But he did acknowledge that these, when I said these are beautiful, they smiled and, and acknowledged that. So if you put two and two together, they know the jerseys suck. They know the five-year rules up. Their jerseys are on, on, on deep discount right now. I was going to say that. Yeah. They're going to make a change. And they probably give us the legacy or some form of the legacy. Maybe they do the legacies with an extra, like a patch of, of something or, you know, um, a different kind of stripe. I don't know, but they, that logo is the logo. I could gar- almost guarantee that that's the logo they use with the Jets across like that. And when Aaron Rodgers was rocking that jersey in the home open before he got hurt, it looked beautiful. All the, all the players, the jerseys were beautiful. You give us a green version of it and you give us a black version of it. And I think the fans would be happy. A couple of folks on Twitter would say, if I met Woody or Chris, 
I wouldn't be talking about the uniforms. People will be even more aggravated. Like I wouldn't talk about the effing uniforms. I would bring up something else. You know, a couple of people would say, oh, I would bring up the ticket price hike and the paying for the season tickets early. That's what I would bring up. And this is what I have to say to that. Because I, I was going to address that at the Jet Lounge, but I, who needs the aggravation anymore on that, on that platform? It was two Jets getting inducted into a Hall of Fame. It was a feel-good time. Rogers was aboard. Rogers, it was healthy. People were feeling good. Super Bowl aspirations. There's no way, and, 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 for, and for the folks that said I would have brought up the ticket hike and all that, that announcement for the tickets and the prepaid tickets and all this stuff, that didn't happen until like September, October. So yep. it wasn't like that even happened for I have the opportunity to say that. So that's, that's one. Two, most of those people that said, yeah, I would rip, rip Woody Johnson, I'd be like, no, you, I'm not saying none of them would, but most of them would not. They say it's talk a good game until they're in front of the guy, you know. And, again, if you were to rip it, like if someone was ripping about the tickets, I could tell you how that conversation would go. That person would go up to them and say, hey, Woody, while everybody's in a love affair with the Jets, go up and say, hey, Woody, you know, let me give you a piece of my mind. Why the hell did you uh, have the t- – we have to pay for the tickets early, the season tickets, and you need deposits. I mean, that's bullshit. So just in case someone did say that, the conversation would go either, um, um, and who who are you? That's one answer. <laughs> or the other answer would be, uh, well, I can tell you this. We made a decision as a, you know, we made an organizational decision on this. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry that you feel this way, but this is the decision that we made. Go Jets. Like, what do you, <laughs> would you this man to say oh i'm so sorry yeah. uh random person on twitter who i don't know uh and, and, and tell you like it, it's silly so everybody always tells you what someone would do until they're in that position you know yeah but lorenzo lorenzo i would get my money in <laughs> with yeah i would say don't don't underestimate jake over there <laughs> oh, god oh. He he might. You, I mean, listen, some people would say something like, I'm suffering, I'm, Zach. <laughs> yeah, you might say to Chris Johnson, say, Jake, you know, what, 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 you might say, Jake, what was the story with, with Adam Gase? That was terrible. Why'd you listen to Peyton Manning? <laughs> and that's the, I, I, me, I, me at that time, everybody was loving each other. The Jets, we, I hear you. I probably would, I, I would have done, I probably would have done the same thing as you too, Zach. So, um at that time yeah. now if it, if it were like tomorrow maybe differently but at that time i probably would have done the same thing yeah i mean listen guys like i said i appreciate it love to come back on your show i appreciate the invite uh truly am 100 percent, zach we'll talk to you soon thank you Zach. all right well that was sack ladies and gentlemen setting the record straight uh definitely getting some great insight there fun time talking jets make sure you check sack out and the rest of the guys over at the uh, jets lounge over on twitter or x whatever you call it these days and make sure you check us out next week on the jets way podcast we'll be here all off season this is this the super bowl is this weekend but for us the super bowl is the next two months like usual <laughs> when, when we're not playing football that's when we do the most winning with this jets franchise please leave us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and we will see you on the next one as always go jets, go jets.